This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves' 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. W229HE Atlanta. The most listened to sports station in the South. WCNN North Atlanta, a Dickey Broadcasting Station. The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And one. Shoddy fire burning on the dance floor. What's a quad? It is the 4 p.m. hour presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows, Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Alongside the King, Chuck Oliver, Steve West, Mike Morgan, filling in for the final day for Matt Chernoff. Uh, these guys will be back tomorrow. I won't. This is my swan song for the next couple of hours. we got a lot to get to. Uh, again, we'll dive into some more draft talk, some more college football talk. But I know, Chuck, we wanted to talk some MLB as well. And uh, you've got your eye on some offshoot expansion that will affect the Braves, perhaps? Yeah, and this goes back in part. This will be accelerated. Here's what I think. Uh, Rob Manfred, I think he's after his legacy now. And so part of that is going to be that the owners love him even more. Uh, well, how do the lover, the owners love you even more? Will you make them a bunch of more money? How do you make – what's the best, easiest way, the most do-nothing way to make a bunch of money? Two new franchises. All the current owners get a slice of this. So they're going to go from 30 to 32. And by the way, they need to. The numbers work. The math mm-hmm. works. You can maybe make interleague more of an ever so often thing again that's special instead of an every night thing because you have to because right. you got odd numbers or whatever. Um, so there's going to be expansion and because Rob Manford wants to be remembered. Oh, yeah, that's the guy when we added whatever cities. If I ask Steve West, if I ask Mike Morgan, hey, what are these cities we're talking about? Everybody knows the list of cities that are great for expansion, whether it's Nashville whether it's Montreal, some Mexico City, whatever the heck it is, it doesn't matter. We all know these cities. Um, but there is one thing that is going to hold up any of these cities getting an expansion team. It's current teams moving. And this is always – it's supposed to be always be policy. It's always good policy. If there is this plum city for expansion, if you have a current owner who's in a crap situation, give that ownership group first chance – to relocate after all current franchises have evaluated, okay, now we're going to put the real sites up for bid, and, and you'll get two teams anyway for every dollar you want. So you take care of your current membership first. Um, there is a chance that the Cubs are about to get a giant bonus that makes them a tougher out during the season and October and even the offseason free agency. And that means tougher for the Braves. And then the other team needs to be like win the National League pennant. Um, The White Sox are leaving Chicago. And when the White Sox leave Chicago, the Cubs have an opportunity to increase attendance, revenue, fan interest, media coverage, panache, cachet, any category, every category. 
is a chance to improve like a tiny bit or a substantial amount. Everything from bottom line cash to attractiveness to free agents to whatever. The Cubs, I'll give them credit. They've been trying for 120 years. They have never risen above second in their own city. And I mean, if anybody knows anything about Chicago and baseball and the Cubs, I mean, by a sight, they're second to the Cubs. Even when they won the World Series in 05, the Cubs were, I mean, distantly down the road as far as who gives an F in Chicago. Almost everybody on the north side, south side, not as much. And Ozzie Guillen is like, we're World Series champions. Everybody's like, I heard about that. How did that happen? (laughs) You try something for 120 years. Like, tell me something that didn't work for 120 years, and then it started working. And so there's this attempt that the White Sox are going to build their battery, and I talked about this about a month ago. Um, that's not going to happen. So when they leave for Nashville or Las Vegas, if the A's screw that up, or I don't know, Montreal somewhere, uh, when they leave the Cubs, pennies from heaven, it just falling out of the sky. They're going to walk outside. It's going to be just like million-dollar bills just falling out of the sky. They're going to be even more of every good thing they are now. In a city like Chicago, imagine what that equals. Where do you think the expansion is going to be? We talked about this a little bit off the air. Two cities. I think the A's eventually do take Vegas. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. There's just procedural and posturing. uh, And I think the White Sox go to Nashville. But but you said expansion, adding adding two teams. And after that's done, so those two cities I would take off my board. Right. I would take Nashville and Vegas off. Yeah, I think Nashville is, is, they are primed. If you've been to Nashville in the last few years and you compare it to what it was 20 years ago, it's like two different cities. It's become Cosmo. It's become chic. It's where everybody wants to go. Could Buffalo pull it off full time? <laughs> no, no, not a chance. Not a chance. They swear they could. Uh, Charlotte desperately wants a team. That's been talked about for years and that's years. That's the nicest view in that city, including the football stadium. Like right yeah. down the street from the or up the street from the football stadium is the Charlotte Knights mm-hmm. Stadium. Yep. Wowzers. No, they've done a great now, job. By the it. way, that wouldn't be for a major league team. That would just be like the beginnings of it there. But they do it right there in Charlotte. Um, existing teams, the White Sox unveiled plans for a stadium in the South Loop. Now, the South Side, the South Loop of Chicago. We'll see if that happens. Yeah, plans, not yeah, funny. Plans. Uh, Arizona needs four to five hundred million dollars worth of renovations to Chase Field in order to remain in downtown Phoenix. So that's something we need to keep an eye on. And then as far as the cities, we know about Russell Wilson leading the bid for Portland. Portland, as we were discussing mm. yesterday, Mike, they've just had a lot of San Francisco like bad on. press yeah. uh, it's recently. Been on fire for four years. <laughs> um, I think the dark horse in all of this is Dale Murphy-led Salt Lake City bid. That's a growing area. They'd like to have another team in the mountain time zone out there to compete uh, with the Rockies. That's something to keep on an eye on. And then the Nashville versus Charlotte equation is really interesting. I was mentioning I was just in Charlotte last month. Hadn't seen that skyline at night in years. It's magnificent. Everybody thinks it's a slam dunk for Nashville, and with good reason – if you look at the metro population, Charlotte 2.1 million, Nashville 1.3 million, it would seem to me that Charlotte has the numbers right now. Uh, they've got the numbers. I will say this, Nashville in like five, ten years. Nashville's just cool. That is, they're, they're adding thousands like every day over there. It's Nashville's just, fun, and I don't have fun. Uh, no, it, <laughs> it's good, yeah, man. I, I think that's going to be on their board of tourism. Even Chuck Oliver has fun here. Uh, no, I, I think they're both prime. What's interesting is, too, is like as someone who's lived in the Carolinas, has lived in Florida, it's all for people of a certain age. It's still Braves country. It is still the, 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 the Carolinas, Braves country. Uh, we talked about the Marlins are almost a non-factor for much of that state. Yeah, if you live in Tampa, you're, you're into the Rays. But still, a ton of Floridians, still all about the Braves. Biggest complaint you have for people there, I can't watch the games on TV because of the whole MLB uh, structure right now. I don't want to pay for the package, et cetera, et cetera. If a team goes to Nashville and or Charlotte, how long does it take oh. people to change their allegiance? And when I gotta, they win, they got to win, right? Well, there's yeah. rivalries now, though. Charlotte was Redskins country, and then the Panthers came, and right. the Panthers were good right out of the gate, remember? That, second Dom year. Capers. Second year NFC championship, yeah. absolutely. I'm thinking about a road trip in baseball being an actual thing. You think up in the Northeast, how many cities you could drive to, or in the, I mean, back in the day, take a train to. Um, that's what the players would do because it was. Baltimore, D.C., Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, like everything 
and it was drivable. And so uh, today you can go to road trips so easy in the Northeast. You can't do that if you're a Braves fan. Now you can. Well, Nashville and Charlotte are both about 250 miles from here. I would say one of those cities is going to get a team, not both. Uh, well, and the one that gets it is going to say, we don't want the other one to get it because now you're, you're infringing on our fan base. They're, they're not going to want that at all. By the way, I'm deeply offended, Steve West. You've been to like – Every arena in the Big West, you have been to every football stadium in 1AA, and you've never been to Fenway Park? I've been, we... to, I've been to Boston once in my the life. two of you have never been to and, Fenway. And it was during the winter time. I've been, Mike. I won't hang you out. So I went I, outside Fenway, but I haven't been inside Fenway. Oh, my goodness. I mean, can we not, can, can we not talk to the sales department and barter out some uh, two tickets to Boston, a hotel, and get and these the guys to Fenway? Texas State Fair, the Texas State Fair, next, the Thursday and Friday. That's already being worked on, right? Yeah, That's... Fenway Park, any opponent. I don't care. Yeah, four tens. There's no sales guys here anymore. <laughs> All right, tomorrow, make a point of it tomorrow. Fenway Park is just phenomenal. I, I, is it better than Wrigley? For my money, it is. Okay. Yeah. Why? I, oh gosh. Uh, you know, they both have a vibrant neighborhood around them, right? Yeah, yeah. But just in the stadium, like okay. Wrigley's cool. I mean, I get it. It's the Ivy, but the, nothing competes with the Monster. Nothing. It just you 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 can't. Uh, the, the neighborhood the neighborhoods are cool in both spots. I just think Fenway on the inside. I'm sure somebody would take umbrage with me. Obviously, a Chicago fan would, but no, I Fenway, Fenway all day every day. We we got to make this happen. I, I I did not expect to hear that from either one of you because you guys have been to like a thousand different places. Guilty. Yeah, I will, we Truthful, need to work on but, that. But guilty. We need to work on that. Uh, we talked about the, the the Falcons and the draft. We talked about Field Yates. I mean, he's actually put this as a legitimate deal. Possibly the Falcons trading number eight, the first and second round pick next year, the first and second round pick in 2025 to move up to number one. Uh, Chuck says that's a no-brainer. If you're the Falcons, do it. Get Caleb Williams. We've talked about some other scenarios uh, on, on what's going to happen with that number eight pick. But, guys, the biggest priority besides quarterback, uh, some people would, would might even say there's some other positions out there. For me, D-line is a no-brainer. You could argue you'd love another wide receiver. You'd love... Uh, another cornerback. I mean, there's a number of holes on this team. I would just say for me, if you're not getting QB, you're going D-line. You've got to get a pass rush in Atlanta. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Well, as Chuck was saying, that's the name of the game in this league. Have the quarterback and be able to get to the quarterback. Now, whether the Falcons are able to do that through free agency or whether they go into the draft and and find a guy that, that can be the guy here for the long term, They've missed previous administrations here on ends, on, on, on edge guys. Um, but that's a need that has to be addressed. Uh, unfortunately, both of those needs need to be addressed. And I got to believe it's going to be some combination of draft and or trade slash free agency to plug both of these holes. That said, the defense made strides. I believe they were plus 26 from 2022 to 23 in terms of the number of sacks. So that's trending in the right direction. And it's trending in the right direction without the guy, without that double-digit sack guy, 10, 12, 15 sack guy. Is he out there in the draft? Maybe he is, maybe he's not. Could he be there in free agency? I'd have to look at the list. We were talking about Josh Allen, the Kentucky Jacksonville Josh Allen yesterday. He's not getting away from the uh, Jaguars. So, yeah, those are the two big questions, I think. If Art Smith was still here, yeah, they'd probably take another wide receiver at number eight. But thank goodness that's not going to happen. Lowest moment of my NFL fandom um, my entire life that didn't involve a Falcons result, uh, the Saints winning the Super Bowl. And how did the Saints win the Super Bowl? Do you remember what their defense was that year? They weren't a great defense. What did that defense do, though? Created a hell of a lot of turnovers. How do they do that? Sick them. Go get the quarterback. They're like, we're not, we don't have elite talent over here. We're not overly good on defense. Here we come. And when you hit quarterbacks, you create turnovers. So when you say D-line, yeah, and then you said D-line, D-line, D-line. Because without pass rush, yeah, Mike ain't talking about pinching down against the run. No, no, no. no. Like, let's turn first and 10 into second and 10. That's not really what the league's about right now. So D line means fire breather, and that's there's there's going to be one or two or there are three there are thought to be by scouts people who know uh, three elite guys the UCLA kid and Dallas Turner and then Jared Verse so Jared Verse you got Darius Roberts Robinson of Mizzou he's a little later he's thought to be and some people still think he's like a strictly an end in a three four for instance and 
he, like he's size specific for some reason. I like that kid. They what drafted I- Zach Harrison from Ohio State last year. He came along at the end of the year, three sacks in the last three games. So that's something uh, that you continue, hopefully, to uh, develop there. But again, I- I'm not sure that he's that dominant guy that you're looking for that can be the franchise sack guy going forward that we thought Vic Beasley, uh, Vic Beasley was after the 15 and a half sack no, year. No, Thomas and Dan thought. Anybody with the name Chop is is okay by Chop me. Chop Robinson. Chop Robinson of Penn State. He's right in that 4-5 range at that position. Braylon Trice of Washington. Isaac of Penn State. Chris Braswell of Alabama. I, I don't know if you're going to have. Braswell had a blow-up season. Man. He did. He stayed healthy, and so he got to play, which is kind of what it took at linebacker and edge for Bama. If you're healthy, you're out there. And then Braswell said, okay, I'll take all these snaps, and he was good. I, I will say this on Dallas Turner. No knock on Dallas Turner, but if, if, you, if you read kind of just go deep dive into Dallas – Turner compared to a Will Anderson, which was kind of his his ilk before oh, that. No. Yeah, he ain't yeah. Will Anderson. No, like that. Like Anderson and by the was. Way, I, mean, I want to say one of the mistakes I think Bama made. I think I don't know. I mean, Kevin Steele knows more than me, but they tried to treat Dallas Turner somewhat. That they could bounce Will Anderson. They put him in a tackle. Yeah. Like they could do all kinds of stuff with Will Anderson. Dallas Turner wasn't exactly that same guy, and they no. tried some of that, and I think it wound up to just not being as productive, but I love Dallas Turner. Yeah. Uh, set it, him loose. Set, you set him loose at number eight. We'll see if he winds up uh, getting to that point. All right, coming up, we'll take a timeout here. Why a top dog isn't at the top in most drafts right now. Chuck and Chernoff on 680 The Fan and 93.7 FM. Twenty minutes after the hour, four o'clock here on six eighty. The fan, Chuck and Chernoff, Mike Morgan, Chuck Oliver, Steve West in the house up until six thirty. Yes, he is. Four p.m. hour presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows, Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Coming up later on in the, in the five o'clock hour. We'll see. I don't know if I want to call it a disturbing trend. It all depends on how you look at it. But college football scoring is down, like, again. It is a major trend with all the flashy offenses and all the flashy receivers and all the NFL quarterbacks. It's down, and it continually goes down. Uh, It's got a a streak of four or five years now in a row where it's gone down. It's the first time since the 1930s, so we'll dive into that. But I want to go revisit the NFL draft and mention a name that I know a lot of people are certainly going to be watching for even if he doesn't go to their team, and that's Brock Bowers. Because Bowers. Exactly, because from the college side, Brock Bowers is the guy Brock Bowers. for several people. So now I'm, I'm getting different reports on this because I'm looking at a consensus top 10 overall rankings from Kuyper, Reed, Miller, Yates, and they've got Brock, they've got Brock number eight overall. And I believe that's pretty up to speed. But now, is that on a big board or a? So that, is that a prediction of? No, no, no. That's, that's not a prediction that the Falcons are going to take him an eighth. That's a prediction of where they rate the talent. Okay, so he's the eighth best prospect, according to those four. Okay, sure. But you can find sure. dissenting points okay. of view. I just want to make sure we understand what we're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Although I got to say. If you didn't draft Kyle Pitts a few years ago, would this not be the most automatic slam dunk pick pick ever? Like, you get your quarterback somewhere else, and you take the hometown product but who's a freak, a tight end. Not for the Falcons. Kyle at four. You did take Kyle at four. The Falcons don't pick Georgia players. <laughs> so it would not necessarily be a slam dunk. So just dunk. in terms of how you project to the next level, he's eighth on, for those four guys. Yeah, for those four guys. That, but, yeah. And, by the way, anyone to put, anybody want to place their bets on a, five years from now – who we're still talking about a tight end, Brock Bowers or Kyle Pitts? I'll Bowers. I'll put my money on that Brock. guy. Maybe just Brock. Yeah, I'll yeah. put my money on Brock. Uh, so here are some dissenting points of view, though. Uh, Matt Miller, who I think does a, a good job, used to have his own, I think he still has his own website, NFL Draft Scout. That's a paywall site now, right? Yeah, no offense to Matt, but no offense, Matt, but I'm not spending 10 bucks a month for that. Uh, but he's now part of the ESPN family as well. So he's got Brock number 14, and this is not player evaluation rankings. This is who he believes is going to take Brock Bowers. 14 totally of the different list, yes. Totally different list. Brock Bowers, 14 to the Saints, okay? Remember, there might be 13 teams that just don't need a tight end. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, like his work, NFL.com, 15 of the Colts. Danny Kelly of the Ringer, nine, number 16 to the Seahawks. Trevor, Trevor Sikama, uh, pro football focus, 
uh, number 18 to the Bengals, and Tom Fernelli of CBS Sports, number 10. So he obviously is the highest of this group to the Jets. So I think this is more about who actually needs a tight end or wants to go that direction versus Brock Bauer's stock dropping. Like, I haven't heard anybody say, yeah, Brock was overrated or he's slower than we thought or he's smaller than we thought. That I haven't heard. Pie graph. Uh, how big is the slice on the pie graph of Kyle Pitts effed it up for everybody else? <laughs> like, there, some of this is, yeah, yeah as great as he looks. Uh, Kyle Pitts looked great. Uh, I don't know that. And Kyle hasn't had competent quarterback play for 67% of his career. And apparently last year he wasn't just – he wasn't healthy. Uh, I understand all that. Mm. And he had a record-setting, truly record-setting, historical uh, rookie season. So there's all kinds of context here. But Kyle might have effed it up for everybody. Like there are no more tight ends going to go that high. I, I, it's a great point. Look, I saw Kyle – again, I've used this term a lot. The one year at Florida, the COVID year. He looked like an alien. So that's why that's why the Falcons took him. Like, I get it. And I, I got into this with Chernoff months ago on this show saying he hasn't played like an alien. And, you know, Matt was quick to point out, we caught a lot of balls his first year. I, I, I get it. He is not in a league that is full of ridiculously talented tight ends, right? I mean, we saw two of them in the oh, Super Bowl. it's a renaissance. Bowl. It's a renaissance, right? It, it has become – we've never seen – tight ends that can run this fast at this size and be such a dominating force. Yes, there have been the Ozzie Newsoms of the world. There have been Kellen Winslow's. But there's like 10 of them. And I don't know where – I mean, is Kyle Pitts a top five tight end on anybody's list right now? The answer is no. Brock Bowers did it for three years in the SEC at Georgia. Three years. And the way they used him was a heck of a lot more dynamic than the way Florida and Dan Mullen used Kyle Pitts. My point is – I think Bowers is a bigger prospect than Kyle Pitts. Did Kyle Pitts kind of screw it up? Yeah. I mean, some people might be gun-shy because that was the can't-miss tight end of that year's draft, and the Falcons took him, and we can argue whether or not he's going to pan out, but I still think Brock Bowers is different. Until he got hurt, if you listen to my shows on Saturday or when I'm on during the week, I just kept pounding the drum that Brock Bowers is the best college football player in America. Okay, now best college football player in America doesn't necessarily translate to you're the top overall pick in the upcoming draft. There's a number of factors that figure into that, including need, et cetera, et cetera. But to both of y'all's point, we are living in an age where the tight end position has come back into vogue with a vengeance. And you're absolutely right. Just imagine a league full of Antonio Gates and, and Tony Gonzalez. That's what we've got right now. We've got a bunch of those guys. And it has, uh, that's the thing I've always loved about football is the move counter move from coaches, organizations during a particular game. Um, tight end, what, okay, what's the counter move? It has forced defenses. Either you better have a first team all pro at linebacker who can cover a tight end, or your safety game better be top-notch. And to the point where we've seen now safeties, smaller safeties are now becoming almost linebackers in the NFL, um, it's forced a big change on defense. That's the level of tight end production now. Let me ask you guys a question. When you watch, uh, let, let's say you're playing the Chiefs or, or you're part of a fan base that's going up against the Chiefs, or for whatever reason you just want the Chiefs to lose, you have, you have skin in the game, and you watch a Chiefs game, and you watch Travis Kelsey get like nine catches for 122 yards. What's the number one thing that people get angry and upset about as they watch Kelsey just completely dissect a defense? The, the number one thing I hear is Taylor Swift. There, there is that. Why aren't they covering Kelsey? Yeah. Everybody knows it's going to go to Kelsey. Where, where are they on number 87? It's a little more complicated than that. Watch his route tree. He doesn't run like a typical tight end. Watch some of the routes that Andy Reid comes up with for him and how he gets open. He gets linebackers stepping over their own feet. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. It's, crossing, not, like, crossing, you know. yeah, it's not like they go back at the, at, in the film room uh, on Monday and go, oh, we forgot to cover Kelsey. That's our bad. I, I forgot he was good. It's that he is a freak of nature and manages to beat linebackers like a drum week in, week out. And going back to your point about scoring being down in college football, as well as the NFL, the rise of the tight end position, the uh, re-emphasis on the tight end position could actually have something to do with that because you're generally talking shorter and intermediate routes 
and more high percentage throws as opposed to a league of wide out burners where you're taking the big bomb down the field. Best friend for a young quarterback on third down, tight end. Mm -hmm. Give me a tight end. Algie Crumpler, Michael Vick. That's That's the textbook example. Even if you have more of a, you have a, I would say say traditional size, you have a, a legitimate size tight end. You still flex him off the tackle so much. I mean, it's it's you have to have receiver skills to take advantage of that. I had a Georgia game his freshman year, so we get together with Kirby Smart on a Friday, do the game on a Saturday, and I asked Kirby, I said, "What's Brock Bowers' forty time?" And did you know it when you recruited him out of Napa, California, of all places? It's like Mike to this day, I, I couldn't tell you what his forty time is. They put this GPS thing on these guys now, and you see TV networks starting to to actually flash it on the screen. And when they timed Brock Bowers running with that, not a strict 40, you know, in, in handheld or electronic, electronic, this sucker's electro. You put that little device on the back and you just let them fly and they can in a, in a game. They can do this. They can tell you exactly like 28 miles an hour, whatever the heck it is. And that number for Brock Bowers is ridiculous off the charts for a man his size. So while Kyle Pitts was kind of the alien a few years ago, I think Brock Bowers has got a chance to be next-level dominant. Yeah, and this one thing, and we talk about quarterbacks in this realm a lot, and it's always the same thing. Numbers are great, but they're just an indicator. An NFL scout, an NFL team is going to want to know how you got those numbers. We talk about Kyle Pitts. It's unbelievable. He just physically overwhelmed SEC players, COVID mm-hmm. weirdness, whatever. Remember who else did that year, too? Kadarius Tony and Kyle Trask. Oh, yeah. So – I've said there is a subset of college coaches who somehow cracked the code in 2020 and had mm-hmm. that season. Yeah. Um, and they have never approached that since. You go back and look at guys who got broke off after 2020, got new contracts or reached heights they never did. Part of it was they figured out COVID, I promise you. Well, Dan Mullen's on TV now. <laughs> so that, to your point. Yep. Dan Mullen looked like a genius that year, and then Florida went. Jimbo Fisher, eight and one, finished number five in America. Nine and one, nine and one, yeah. and now what is he? Uh, out, out, you know, looking Ky- for perhaps a TV job. I don't know what Jimbo's going to. In do. Kyle Pitt's defense, I will say this: uh, lack of competent quarterback play. When Matt Ryan no was in there, there's no doubt the numbers no were, were huge. As soon as Mariota came in, they started using him for some reason as more of a decoy, and the targets went down. Yeah. And then he got hurt. And you don't always have that same burst, at least initially, if ever, coming off of an injury like that. So there's there's mitigating factors. You're right about coming off the injury and the fact that he wasn't 100% healthy this year, not even close. John Smith had almost identical stats this this past year. so Almost interchangeable, you're right. And again, this is less about... Just an indicator. This is less about piling on Kyle Pitts for me as it is, I think Brock Bowers is going to be the guy. Like I, I, when you start looking at this, well, there's no reason to think not. There's no, there's no, no red flag because unlike, I and mean, again, Kyle, other than the injury, maybe. nobody knew who Kyle Pitts was before 2020. So he, he flashed for 10 games during the COVID season and that propelled him to the top 10. Brock Bowers has been a proven commodity for three stinking years at in the, the SEC level. at the highest yeah. level on championship teams. 13 touchdowns as a true freshman. Yeah. Brock Bowers. So no, Brock is what we're going. Still Brock, Brock. Yeah, still so. Brock. Wrong guy. Uh, I mean, for me, you want to talk about safe picks in this draft? There's plenty of people that doubt Caleb Williams. There's defensive ends that we've thought in the past were automatically you know, goldmine can't miss. They've missed. Even offensive linemen on occasion miss. Brock Bowers, to me, could be the surest thing in this draft. And you could get him at like 12 or 13. Mention, you mentioned something there about Brock. And it's been true for three years that I've seen him. Um, I don't know what he did in high school. But uh, there is this category that... I don't know how you measure it. I don't know what the number would be, but we understand height and weight and 40 and number of catches and yards and all that. What about ability to get open? Yeah. Like what is that qualifier and his get open rating is 8.7 because that's Kelsey, whatever, whatever you're, that's a get open. That's a like, but we can't put a number on it and you can't finish the game with, he got open 91% of the time. So unless there's something that we can put a number on, we usually, it's not that we don't understand it, we just don't quantify it. We don't consider it nearly right. as Kelsey freaking gets open. Brock Bowers gets open. Right. Kelsey, my, I, I don't have no idea what Kelsey's 40 time was. I know he played running back. I know he was he was kind of a freak, but I, I, he wasn't like a 4-4 guy. He might have been a 4-7 for all I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's, if he's speedier than the linebackers and strong safeties. He's got really good vision, man. But, 
four six one. Okay, he sees a, he sees a, a secondary. I, He's got good vision. I, how much? How all right? How many of us want to bet Brock Bowers will do better than a four six one at the combine? I believe so. I believe I, that tightrope thing is uh he's a hundred and five percent better. Yeah. I I I think I think Brock could get in the four fives. I don't know what he benches two hundred and twenty I don't care how many times he benches two twenty five. No, he's a thick kid. No, I don't small hands. if he has hands. All right, that's all does he have two? He's all got right. two, yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Small hands, big hands, whatever. He he produces. He, yeah, he doesn't drop many. If he had if uh, honestly, if he had Larry Fitzgerald catcher's mitts, that's fantastic, and maybe he does. He figures it out, whatever it is. Yeah, it gets open. And he catches timing, it. And, and who was at the top of the scouting report of SEC defenses for a lot of the time that he was on the field? Like I, Georgia had some nice receivers, right? But do not let Brock Bowers beat us. I'm sure it was said by more than a couple of defensive Where's coordinators. Where's 19? Where's 19? You, you yell at him. Everybody, 19. Ni- 19. 19. 19's in the backfield. 19's in motion. 19's in the slot. 19's they showed wide. off with Brock Bowers. That there were some Saturdays. All right, we're going to show off with him this time. He took some snaps, didn't he? Was handed the ball. I think the game plays. I think the game at South Carolina last year. He may have or whenever it was. He played at South Carolina. They gave him the ball down close. I was like, that was to show off. You you could do everything with. I talked about the create. I think Andy Reid's going to go down as one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the history of the sport. I don't think people respect it enough until he's gone. Uh, he's next level good. You could do everything they do with Kelsey, and they use they've used Kelsey in the backfield. They give Kelsey direct snaps, Wildcat. They everything you could do that with Brock Bowers. If he goes to the right team with the right creative offensive mind, Brock Bowers could be a lot of fun to watch at the next level. Should be a lot of fun to see. I, again, right now you've got him going anywhere from ten to eighteen, according to some of the uh, top minds on the uh, draft board for what that is worth. Okay. What a value that would be. I mean, a huge 18. value. I mean, I, I can't imagine he's going to go. F- I, even if you already have a tight end, you feel good about. All right, here's what's happened. And this, there's this thing that happened. Whenever there's a new trend or uh, a new way to win in the NFL, uh, college football, whatever, oh, I want one of those. Like when I saw George Kittle, I was like, oh, I want one of those. Yeah. I want a tight end. Who and can he just, blocks. Just tear down the seam, all that other stuff. Um, Brock Bowers at like the Giants. They I want one of those. They drafted Evan Ingram. They didn't get one of those. They got Evan Ingram. They didn't get Kelsey or Kittle or whatever. Brock Bowers might be one of those. No, he, he, and you get him at eighteen or fifteen or whatever. That's that's a he shows up and day one he's doing exactly what you want. Getting down the seam behind the linebackers. Safety's got no chance. You're a better offense right away. Brock Bowers on the team. There's a lock for three quarterbacks in the top 10. There's a lock for a couple receivers in the top 10. Joe Alt will be in the top 10. Uh, and Dallas Turner will be in the top 10. So yeah, your I, best pass rusher and your best pass protector don't last until 10. Right. So where does that leave Brock Bowers? I, I don't know. I don't know how many names I just rattled off. But that's how he could possibly slip outside the top 10. No knock on him. And if a quarterback, another quarterback gets in more than the three. Uh, uh, correct. Somebody could trade up, fall in love with somebody that's not named mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels. All right, coming up, college football. Down in scoring for a third consecutive year for the first time since 1937. Westy, what, what game were you at in 1937? I'm trying to think. Didn't the Redskins play the Bears in an NFL championship game in 37? 73 to nothing? Yeah, I think that was the game. You had a, you had a road trip. You went to the polo grounds, and you saw Sammy that game. Sammy Ball was the quarterback, maybe? All right, Westy will reflect on 1937. We'll tell you about 2023 as well. Coming up here on Chuck and Chernoff, 93.7 FM, 680 The Fan. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. You better move. You better dance. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. If you could give me more of this and Chuck Dowdle singing the Chuck and Chernoff anthem, that would really make my week. It'll also stay with me for the rest of the day. So thank you very much, Colin. It's going down. <laughs> it's a private moment. I'm yelling timber. <laughs> when did that happen? We were somewhere at like a sports bar or something, and it was playing, and I was just trying. I was singing to be heard during the break. You know what the beauty it's of you is? It's playing somewhere, and I'm talking. and you're in, You're in on the joke. There's no beauty to this. When's the last time you did karaoke? Me and who is this, Kesha? 
Yeah, me and Kesha. Yeah, we do. I mean, I don't know. We did two part harmony. That's fine. They go okay. way it's back. Going down. <laughs> she has the range for the higher <laughs> notes. I'm yelling timber. See, <laughs> we play a sort of a call and response, sort of a Barbara Neal sort of thing there. So we were talking about oh, Kesha wow. being the first concert I saw coming out of the pandemic. We do Friday night football here at 680 The Fan, have been doing it for two decades. So I guess it was four or five years ago she played a show next door at the Coca-Cola Roxy while we were in here doing high school football. And I'm looking at this crowd going in, and there's glitter, and there's costumes, and it's crazy. And I'm like, the next time she's in that building, I'm going in that building. I got to see this. And so as we said, finally broke down and got vaccinated so I could go and see this show. And you're right. It was a nonstop party. Chuck, you would have loved it. Jab, jab. (laughs) Okay, our beta male segment brought to you by, uh, I can't find it, the hell with it. Uh, Kesha's a party. There's nothing beta male about a Kesha (laughs) show. That's a rock show. It's fun. And there's lots of women. Well, that's, so now we know your true motive. It's not about the music. It's not a bad motive either. It's about the music, but it's also about the crowd. It's really about the Kesha music. Demi Lovato. That was a good looking crowd. (laughs) Roxy as well. Baby, I'm yes. sorry, not sorry. Roxy. Okay. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. I'm transparent here. You sure are. We love oh, it. Oh, never anything but authentic from Steve West. That's, That's absolutely no, no hidden agenda no. here. He's, no, he's very secure in who he is. The point of this life is to have as much fun as you can right? while you can still have We talked about this the other day, Chuck. I'm not going to be one of these people that you see being wheeled through an airport. I'll oh, quit at that no, point. No, no, no. I'll retire Here's at that point. Here's the quintessential Steve West moment. He was being there. We were talking about some hotel and somebody, Steve, you ever stayed there? Pause. As a registered guest? Oh, I was like, I don't want to know what comes, you know, like wow. if, if the answer is yes, I stayed there, not as a registered guest, but yes, I've stayed mm. there. Um, that's Steve West. So, yeah, I've stayed in some nice places that I was registered to, but I've stayed in some better places that I wasn't registered. You're to. not like crashing hotel rooms. You're not picking no, locks. But, well, yeah, I, I know some folks. I was meeting people. Like okay. I was in a suite at Caesars Palace not okay. that long ago. Meanwhile, I was down at the old Hooters Casino, but I kind of got upgraded because somebody that I knew came into town. And, yeah, well, we'll just save that spare room to uh, iron a pair of jeans. Is basically. that the Never Oyo? Or yes, it's what's... the Oyo now. Oh, my goodness. It was a Hooters Casino. You would walk into, like, I'm in Vegas. You'd walk through the door. I love me some Hooters, and I got my wing order ready right like now. Literally, walk... that is going to be left field of the new baseball stadium in yes, Las Vegas. Yes, it is. And, they they, had... and they're tearing down the trop, by the way. The, the trop's days are numbered. They had the you know the same sort of like lighter wood grain with the veneer on top at Hooters. Like, oh, you... yeah, yeah. Except that was the blackjack tables and like the finish on the blackjack tables and all that. It was, it was, you're at a Hooters. When that place opened up in the 70s, it was infiltrated by the Philadelphia crime family, if you recall. Bankrupted the casino. And obviously, a lot of history in that old building. What was it before Hooters Casino? You know the name of it. Uh, I do, and it was uh, there was like this big credit scam that the Philadelphia yeah. that the Kincaid family. There's a lot of history uh, yeah. in that building. Eat that Philadelphia. So you know, you guys have been to Tampa. Obviously, you know that the knockoff on Hooters. You know, you know the story. Oh goodness, Twin the, Peaks. No, 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 oh, no, no. Absolutely, I no. do in Tampa. Yes, because. Yeah, Hooters was Clearwater, right? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Gulf to Bay Boulevard. I absolutely know what yeah. you're talking about. So I've been to Tampa a few times the last few years, and my hotel has been situated right by a place that looks like Hooters. It is the exact same thing. Exact same menu as Hooters. Abs, ab, the yep. girls dress like they do at Hooters, but it's like a it's like a McDonald's McDowell's. This is the Big Mac, da- the Big Mick. It is so okay. f- Dave Hubbard and I were in town for a Georgia Force game. We met George Gotzi, who, by the way, was coaching for the opponent, but... Um, George Gotzi came out and Winghouse. It was Winghouse, and it's I walked called in. Winghouse. And it was the stools with the little padded top on it, and the high top big enough to seat either six or eight. It was it was as if they had taken a picture of a Hooters, and they changed the colors a little bit. It might have been yellow and white, or I'm trying to find the logo. Um, but it was the exact same thing. It was McDowell's. It, it, it is it is such a knock, and I'm pretty sure there was a lawsuit. And I I want to know. Don't you don't you guys have a lawyer on once every now and then? This is this is a question for a lawyer. Like, what is the okay? There's the logo. Bruce right Hagen. There. There's your Winghouse logo. So a little bit different, not quite orange. It's more of a red. Yeah, you have to get to I guess the difference between copyright, service mark. Is oh, this a, a franchise or wait is there one of these? Uh, now there's one of these in uh, Largo. That's pretty damn Hooters orange right there yeah, on that. Yeah. So 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they did this legally, but I mean, everything is. Oh yeah, we're at Hooters. No, we're not. We're at Wing House. But the menu's the same. We're Wing House. But the wings, the, the the girls. This is Wing House, sir. This is not Hooters. I don't know where you got that idea from. I would like the Big Mac. I, I like the big. We got one arch. McDonald's got two. That's kind of the way the Wing House operates. But if you go to Tampa Clearwater area, uh, that's the way they roll, and it's the same quality or lack thereof as it were okay well we have a real hooters on the other side of 285 and now y'all are making me want to go up the hill anybody want to join me after the show uh you get 10 plain breaded with the spicy garlic on the side works for me your own dipping man and the waffle fries hooters stepping up waffle fries. that does sound pretty good actually right about now okay uh, there's no way it to was transition a good add from to the Hooters menu a few years back. Those waffle fries. That was a wonderful detour. That was a great detour. Yes. And we're going to take a sharp 90 degree angle to get back into some numbers on college football here. Uh, third consecutive year, guys, that the, the scoring is down. You guys have talked about on this show, the NFL, I could tie all this in together. Uh, the NFL this past year, the regular season at times was pretty damn bad. Why scoring was down. Why hurt quarterbacks? Well, in college football, you don't have an epidemic of injuries. I don't know why. I have no answer. Some people, well, yeah, but they no longer stop the clock on first down. It's more than just that. The total offense was down for actually the fifth consecutive year, scoring down for three years in a row. The first time that's happened since 1937. Uh, everything, passing yards, rushing mm-hmm. yards, touchdowns per game, mm-hmm. down, 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 down. LSU led the nation in scoring. Now, if you're elite, this doesn't affect you. If you got Jaden Daniels and you got NFL first round pick on this side, first round pick on that side, you still score a lot. They did forty five and a half points per game. It's the third season with name image likeness, which but, accelerated the availability of players to transfer in the portal, which started in two thousand eighteen. Which means now you have raggedy football. I that I, that's as, as good you, a theory as when, any. Two two position groups, offensive line mm-hmm. and secondary. All-star teams don't work, folks. They can work at other positions. With a running back, hell, works immediately. With some guys on defense, like a corner, we play man. I'm ready. Um, I'm covering 83. I'm not, I'm not, that's kind of simple. Um, offensive line and then the secondary working together when it's something other than man, um, it's disastrous. You cannot just throw a bunch of football players together in those two groups, and so we get raggedy football. Uh, and at times it was really raggedy in the NFL and in college, to your point, with NIL and the turnover and the portal and everything else, Chuck, without question, you don't have the same continuity that we're used to having. Uh, a lot of people, like I said, will immediately point first down rule that eliminated. That, that's 4.5 plays a game is all we lost with that rule. No. That ain't it. Like no. that, That's not enough to have this this trend going on. Uh, the, the writer also says elite defensive linemen, have become more important because, for the most part, offensive linemen are losing that battle in the trenches. You do see that. I, I mean, there are some games you'll watch, particularly in a league like the SEC, where you got grown blank men on that D-line, future first-round picks, and even a good team with a good offensive line cannot block them. That's a problem. Uh, pass blocking yeah. is, yeah. That's, you could run the ball more, yeah, you could run. but that doesn't produce more points it no, produces that, fewer points that 19 20 year old left tackle has like no prayer if you're going up against will anderson or right, somebody we're, like we're that. gonna snap the ball and you start walking backwards and will anderson's gonna be coming at you like a freight train and you blocking you yeah. mentioned the rise of the tight end position in a national football yeah. league it's more of a middle of the field kind of play i think there has been a renewed emphasis on the running game as well doesn't necessarily generate points shortens games could be a contributing factor no no question um now all this is not to say that defense doesn't still rule the roost right so georgia captured its two national titles you go back to 21 that was the number one defense in the country okay they gave up uh what is it 10 points a game not real yeah did they give up a rushing touchdown maybe late in the year they finally gave up one that was a, that was a historically, that's, that's historically good. That's outliers. Yeah, the, the 2021 uh, Georgia team, 10.4 to be exact. Uh, the only thing that's even been close to that, Alabama gave up 8.2 in 2011. 8. Now, again, that's before Nick started opening up his offense and, and falling in love with Lane yeah, Kiffin-type pass-happy teams. Their only loss, they gave up nine. Yeah. They gave up three field goals and lost. Yeah. And so that's what that defense was. So uh, uh, scoring... For whatever reason, people always talk about the rules favor the offense. The rules favor the offense. We have all these innovative 
uh, offensive coordinators. We have all these quarterbacks that can do all kinds of things with their legs and their arm. Scoring is down in college football. It, it just is. And the dominating defense is Michigan had one this year. Michigan gave up right around 10 points per game. So those right. are your magic numbers. The portal started this, and that was a 2018 thing. And here's what you had for the first couple of years of the portal, 18 to 19. Um, if the coach, in a lot of cases, could string the kid along, true loving, till the fifth game, then remember, because you play up to four games, mm-hmm. and you could preserve your redshirt year. Well, if the coach had been to- telling you all along, we're going to redshirt you so you get to play in four but no more. If there was a kid that you thought you wanted to keep in the program, but you knew he ain't the ball player he's going to be, not yet, you'd string him along, and then when he appeared in that fifth game, he couldn't transfer. Do you remember what started happening at the end of the first month of the season? We started having programs with, were losing four or five guys at the end of September when they would hit their fourth game. I'm transferring out. I got four games of tape. I'm going to leave. Other than clearing that hurdle and being surprised a little bit at the end of September, Okay, it's kind of stable. It's not stable anymore. That's that's the big the big difference between it being just the portal because that was motivated by I'm not getting my touches. And so I'm going to go I'm going to leave Georgia and I'm going to go to Colorado State to get my touches. Yeah. Now it's about well, I can go to wherever and get 150 grand, 50 grand, a 5,000, whatever it is, I can go somewhere else and get more money than I'm getting here. And that is a obviously the huge and, – and the portal allows it. Name, image, likeness is the motivation. Portal is the mechanism that was there since 18. You look at that Michigan team this past year, they didn't have that issue. And that's one of the few teams that didn't, right? I mean, you, you had Blake Corum come back when a lot of people thought Limiting he would attrition not. is – Huge. It is one of the biggest advantages that a, like a coach can give him, him and his program is if you can just limit attrition. Think of all the th- things it took for Michigan to finally get over the hump. You had, uh, first off, you had a blue-chip quarterback that could very well go in the first round of McCarthy. You had Blake Corum, who could have won the Heisman Trophy. As a voter, I can tell you, before he got hurt in 2022, he was right near number one for years truly. Uh, you have Wilson's an NFL guy at wide out. Mammoth lineman on both ends, and a defense that grew over time. Those were guys that had been in the program very many of them, three, four years. Big, burly, physical dudes up front, too. Burly and together continuity because yeah. they didn't have guys get ravaged by the, by the portal. Well, you left one factor out. Georgia was out of the way. <laughs> well, again, that won't be a problem this year. Why? Expanded playoff. Not going to happen. And Chuck, you make a good point. It used to be transfer so I can get the touches so I can make the money. Now it's transfer so I can get the touches and make the money. Yep. Transfer because there's money being promised at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I mentioned that number 66. 66 different quarterbacks started in the NFL last year. That ain't good. How many games did we watch where both starting quarterbacks Awful. were backups? By the Awful. way, just got a text from a, just a degenerate listener of our San Remo. Remember the old San Remo, and then it became Hooters. San Remo became Hooters. So. I right, tell tell him to get yeah, some uh, intel on the wing house bar and grill. It's not it's not Hooters. We swear. Remember, and Hooters launched an airline at the same yeah, time they, they opened that hotel and casino. It was Myrtle Beach was their route Correct. at first. I yes. think. Westy, did you get on the plane? Never got on the Hooters uh, airline. I flew no. Hooters Air to Myrtle Beach. Did you? Hell yeah! How was it? We had a golf trip. We went to Myrtle Beach probably six seven years in a row. Um, it went exactly how it was supposed to. Were the flight attendants dressed in Hooters gear? I don't believe that was the case. So they were like, I am oh, trying. This is probably oh, early O's. I think you'd remember what that. Bummer. This is like early O's. <laughs> Did they serve to... wings though and stuff? I don't believe that happened either. What, Again, what's hang the on. Point? But this was well, it was a white plane with orange stuff on it. It was themed, whatever. Um, plus Myrtle Beach from Atlanta is like a. 43 minutes. You just or... ruined the whole story. I, I, I imagine DiCaprio in Wolf on Wall Street, that type of flight. Things got a little bit out of hand. You had to be restrained. They buckled you in. Now you couldn't you, move your arms. You remember the Miami Hooters <laughs> in the Arena Football League, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it was not. Uh, it wasn't exactly like the Rolling Stones tour plane. No, that's not <laughs> well, that's, exactly like what well, it was. Was it a puddle jumper? Was it a jet? Did it have propellers? Um, I remember it being like <laughs> was two, it? two on two. Okay. Um, and no frills, but cheap. All right. And that well. was kind of because it, it's a golfer's thing. And Hooters, you know, 
it played yep. into that whole thing. And so they catered to golfers. Cheap flight to Myrtle Beach and cheap flight back, and we know how to handle your clubs. I think you lost half our audience when you said no frills. Uh, that's not quite the story we were looking it, at. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Was, right. We know how to handle your clubs. Did all that embellish that the glass. Back. Yeah. Embellish that story next time. All right. <laughs> End of the hour coming up next. We're about seven months away from realizing what got left out of this huge college football headline. Chuck and Shirtoff, 680 The Fan, 93.7 FM. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today. AccentRoofingService.com. 